Hey, Mod Clubbers, welcome back to Cock Talks. Uh, Keaton Cash here, and we've got Eric all the way from Sweden, and we're going to talk about uh, trans bottom surgery as it goes in Sweden, and we're also going to follow up with some interesting information, Q&A, about his upcoming film. Thank you so much for being here, Eric, and thank you. let's just launch into it. So have you had bottom surgery yourself? Yes, I have had bottom surgery. I have had metoidoplasty with urethral lengthening, screwplasty, vaginectomy, and hysterectomy. The plan is uh, now to continue with having phalloplasty in, in the future. Gotcha. So that's how it is right now. How, how long ago did, sorry, how long ago did you have metoidoplasty? 2013, okay. uh, end of that year. I had a simple release at the beginning of 2013. How was your experience? First, I had just uh, the metodial plasty without the screw plasty. I had also hysterectomy. So metodial and hysterectomy. hysterectomy. I got a complication uh, with the urethra lengthening. Like I got a fistula and it like kind of grew and then I had like to repair it like and after that uh, it went good and then a half a year later I got vaginectomy and then after that I had screwplasty. Oh interesting. <laughs> Some complications but overall it went good. And what's the deal with uh, bottom surgery in Sweden? Is it like a socialized medicine approach? Does the government pay or how does that yeah. work? Yeah, it's like the government pays for it. And before you can get any type of bottom surgery, you have to like go through like the first, because here in Sweden, we have like these teams uh, of the, that is like uh, therapists and doctors and to go through that and then you get your gen uh, diagnosis. And uh, you have to have testosterone for a year minimum. And then you can uh, send a letter to the government, uh, you could say, if you want to change your gender market. And then you are also allowed to have bottom surgery and hysterectomy. And then after that, that's just a brief summarizing and then after that you can uh, we have three hospitals uh, here in sweden that perform uh, bottom surgery uh, it's stockholm galleborg and uh, lean shopping and everyone does a little bit different so uh, all places that does the the methodoplasty stockholm and galleborg uh, does the RFF, ALT, and uh, I don't know if uh, Stockholm also does it, but in Gothenburg they do also the combine RFF and ALT, uh, where they do the urethra lengthening with your arm and the fellow with your ALT. And uh, lean shopping uh, does this type that is like a groined uh, phalloplasty instead of like often we have there's like talking about the ff uh, alt and abdominal but we don't have it we have the groin wine one and it's kind of the same as the abdominal 
which means that you don't get uh, any nerve hookup and we don't get a U UL with it, urethral lengthening. The surgery overall is, when it comes to uh, the groin one uh, in lens shopping, the, the waiting list is kind of short. It's kind of like nine to nine months to a year waiting list. But for ALT and RFF on in Gedeborg and uh, Stockholm, it's often like three to four years uh, waiting list if you're lucky. Does Sweden have a pretty like comparable, I wonder like the ratio of trans men, you know, in ratio to anywhere else in the world? Like, I would assume it's consistent, but I don't know. Do you know anything about that? Like. You feel like I think I think it's like the same anywhere else. I don't have any numbers specific. I think the st statistics looks the same as anywhere else. Do you notice how you know? I guess there's a bigger preference for RFF and ALT since the waiting lists are that much longer. Is that the correlation? No, it's more that like the first of all the surgeries is not prioritized here in Sweden. Only do this uh, for RFF and ALT uh, and the combined one. They only do like a handful of these surgeries per year. That's because, yeah, first of all, it's not prioritized. And also because here in Sweden, the surgeons that does this are like, they do other stuff too. It's not like in US, for example, you have like specific surgeon for example dr chen he only does like transgender surgeries so our, our surgeons does all like all kind of uh, surgeries so yeah it's not prioritized and then they have to like take all the surgeons that like does the for example the nerve hookup and uh, the urethral lengthening and the like the creation of the phallus it's multiple surgeons and to take all of them to like plan them all together it's also hard because yeah they have other stuff to do mm -hmm. uh, and that comes down to again we, we're not prioritized and for the example the groin one because we don't have because it doesn't have nerve hookup and doesn't give a uh, urethra lengthening you'd only have one surgeon that's, that needs to do it. So that's why it's that big of a, a difference. Do you have your own websites where people upload results that you can look at or is there- No, no, we, we have like this uh, Facebook group, but it's not like serious group. It's like a lot of people, like there are some guys that have are post up, but there's, there's also much more guys that are just curious, I would say, because it's wrong. But it's like, I think people doesn't feel comfortable to like share. But me and, and a friend have recently uh, started a, a Discord group for guys that are like more specific going to uh, Gladiborg to have bottom surgery there, plasty. We'll see. Hopefully it can grow, have 
all uh, the regions, uh, all hospitals, and so it could be like more a serious place there people can get like support and stuff that's also like a, a problem that i've seen and uh, some of the friends have talked about for example the movie i i we filmed a scene when i with a have a consult with a surgeon then he talks about the growing one he often makes it sound like the result for example you can't have a uh, sensation like erotic sensation and not having a ul it's true to his uh, technique but he, he often makes it sound like it's the same for the other techniques which makes it very confusing to people that are like just starting to look into bottom surgery so somehow like unwilling communication yeah yeah <laughs> that's also something we have uh, me me and uh, and my friend have talked about like trying to like some base information what what can what surgeries can you have in sweden and what these surgeons surgeries can give you what kind of uh, results because it's lack lacking on in that front well that's really interesting because you know that's also a major premise behind the mod club yeah if any of you want to upload your results there like of course you know you're yeah. welcome and also if you want to use that website in any way to help organize information or spread information or connect your community like feel free you know it's still in its beginning stages but yeah. my aspiration there is to just basically like help the community do that and over time to build it into like a comprehensive resource well we could like definitely like talk more in private like how to how we could like set this up because i think it would be a great benefit because for a couple of years ago we had like some some kind of like swedish trans bucket version but then the, the pe person that like hold had it he, he stopped like uh, maintaining it putting work to it so it kind of died but i think it would be great to like have something where you could like send people so absolutely we could like uh work more about with that in the site yeah very cool um sometimes this seems like a dumb question but you know for other people i think a lot of people are always kind of looking into bottom surgery and you know sometimes people know exactly what they want but a lot of the times they're like should i get a meta or should i get a fallow and i think analyzing what makes people move from meta to fallow eventually can maybe help them understand how to make that decision for themselves so um, I'm curious for you, like, what's prompting you to move towards fallow after, what, like, you know, eight, nine years with a meta? I don't want to, like, uh, bash the surgeon that I had because he is a good, good surgeon here in Sweden. Uh, but because there was and still is lack in information on what you can give and what you can give, get, because here in Sweden, if you have like, if I do the go to a team where I had got my diagnosis after I got my gender market changed and everything that they will send you to one surgeon, which they are like working most with, like they can send me to whatever is surgeon, 
if I specific, specifically ask for them to do it. But if I don't ask for it, they just will send you to the one they currently work most with. So I was sent to uh, the surgeon in, in Linshopping. And when I had the consultation with him and the information he got gave me was that because for me, I really wanted to have like stand to pee was my first priority and sensation. Of course, it's important too for me. The length was like also, but like as long as it didn't look like a vagina or like what I should say. Is good for me. So when he gave me the information that with phalloplasty, I can only get the length, but no UL, no sensation, then it felt like, well, there's lack of fun function for me personally. A, a lot of guys get the, the, the groined one and they are like super happy with it and like comfortable. But for me, it was like lack on with function I, I wanted more uh, so then he said like metroidoplasty so it was like I knew that like I could always go from metroidoplasty to phalloplasty later so I kind of was so that's why I, I picked that one because I was kind of hoping that later in the future it will come something better but if I would have known if my team that would send me to this uh, surgeon would say tell me that like what kind of they would have some kind of basic information that stockholm does this surgeries and lean shopping does this and gatherborg does, does that if they would have some kind of basic information maybe have easier to like pick a surgeon because they also don't talk to each other that much they they don't like for example the surgeon in lean shopping he didn't say that like you don't get sensation because we don't do nerve good but in Göteborg and Stockholm they do this certain type of surgeries and then you will get uh urethral lengthening and sensation he didn't say that to me for me it was because there was lack of information I picked a metroidoplasty and today I'm I feel happy that I did pick the one that I did because I know if I would have picked phalloplasty and then later knew that there's like this RFF and ALT and the results is like this and that, I would have regret the, the, the fellow, I feel. Yeah, seriously. Well, those are a lot of good points and it really just draws out how critical it is that we have information when we're making these really important decisions. And, you know, I think the industry is, at least in the in North America, the industry is getting a little better, but I know there's still tons of gaps, just like you explained, where, you know, the entities aren't really coming together and talking and how that influences people's decisions and access to information is... It's kind of scary, you know? I mean, yeah. these are like really critical, like majorly critical decisions yeah. we're making and we need all the information we can get, you know? And, and because the surgeons often don't talk to each other as well, I, I find that they're often disseminating incorrect information too sometimes, or at, at the very least confusing information, right? Like they yeah. know what they do 
and they know why they do it and they've got their opinions and maybe those opinions were based on experimenting and research from you know 10 12 years ago how up to date are they on that like you know all that sort of stuff they're so busy so lots of things to think about do you know whether you're going to go rff or alt or the combo yeah it's we are uh, because now i'm doing the electrolysis on my arm i've been doing like for about a year and laser on my leg so hopefully i think i will be finished now in in fall but now with covid in sweden overall the healthcare is like so backed up it's like long waiting list all over <laughs> like all surgeries all healthcare like there's so many long lists so and phalloplasty being so low priority before covid so i don't know when i will get the the first stage i'm hoping for a fall and that's also what i will fight for because sweden prioritizing like trans healthcare so down prioritized like just to go start like your therapy go to the therapist team where i went today is like two years waiting list just to start to pr- process and then you have to go at least one year for, before you can start your uh, testosterone but that can also be like a couple of years because they are like well we, they don't have doctors they don't have like specialists psychologists and so that can also be like prolonged so you just from start learn to like you have to like fight for yourself so that's why I'm will continue to do uh try to fall, fight to get this surgery like for fall or for next spring i don't know we'll see back to the groin flap i'm just curious if you know a lot of these guys that have had it and say they're really happy despite the surgeon saying that you can't expect sensation do a lot of these guys uh report having sensation or at least partial sensation like the sensation you get it's like this sensation here you don't get this you don't get erotic sensation and i have talked to like in this group we have we mostly have people those that are like post op or mostly the guys that have the groin and often they they say that they are like happy with the result and and are they burying the t dick most of the time yeah 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 or at least what i've heard uh and they and how they are burying it is uh, in the ball sack as I, I as i know a lot of people are happy but then again in this group we there's just like a handful of guys can't even say like the majority of guys are they happy or not and that's also why i i really want to like work extra hard like to to have some place there we can gather like all these information about bottom surgeries so we so people so we can know have, have some statistics or like information on like how many people are happy with this and uh, how many people knew that they were picking the groin fallow knowingly that that they have other types of phalloplasty is it like a conscious 
decision picking the groin one over the other one or is it like they pick the groin one because they don't didn't know better or do they pick the groin one because the the waiting list is so much shorter versus the other one there's no information about that yeah no i would love to have those results as well for all of our communities all over the world really and one of the reasons um in uh in the surgery results gallery on the mod club site i built in a lot more follow-up questions like basically so when somebody submits a result they are prompted to answer basically all of the common questions that everybody wants to know about a surgery right like and um you know transbucket is a fantastic site too but i tried to improve upon what they were doing by building in all of these extra questions because uh, they only ask you know two or three questions and a lot of the times i've noticed that guys just toss their photos up there you know or non-binary people just toss their photos up there and answer a couple of questions and don't really decide to fill out like an in-depth experience in like the kind of general message box and you know it's frustrating because sometimes you know you see something really great or interesting and you want more information and sometimes that person just never really comes back so i did build in a lot more prompts to to try to at least provide that when people upload i was wondering because you were saying that these waiting lists can be so long for people just to begin their transition. I can't even imagine going through that because once I was at the point of like understanding that transition was an option, like I basically knew I was trans my entire life, but I didn't know I could do anything about it until I was 26 years old. As soon as I knew, I set down the path to do it and I was really fortunate to be in Canada at that time, I could access everything like very quickly. It would have driven me completely insane if I had to wait two or three years to <laughs> go through that. So I feel really bad for those people. And I'm wondering like, is there like a black, a big black market testosterone sort of yeah. market yeah. there? Because people are just like, I can't wait. Like, uh, I know, know some guys that have like started before and I know I'm not like, in this forum myself but i've heard and i've talked so i know that a lot of people like for example if they if one guy have like gel uh, testosterone gel they can like easily give or sell to someone else or, or they go and buy like for, for horm- hormone shots like we have a uh, nabido it's like uh, you take it and you have 12 weeks. So they have, you, you can't like, if I, I take uh, the one prescription, uh, like one ampoule, I can't pick one after like 10 weeks. Uh, so it's a bit harder, but I can imagine that like a lot of people go and buy online testosterone. And if you, again, if you have, ha- if someone goes on, uh, testosterone gel it's more, more more easier to switch and sell and uh, give away uh, if you have like extras hey just a quick break to remind you that mod love the podcast you're listening to right now is part of mod club and you can find and join the mod club at clubftm.com it's free to join 
The site is still new, but we've got an awesome surgery results gallery that's growing all the time. And among other fun features, we've got an affiliate shop. In our affiliate shop, if you find anything you want from early to bed and you follow the links to check out at earlytobed.com, then enter Mod Club at checkout and get 10% off your order. Back to the show. If you go sort of black market first, and then you know your 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 place in line finally shows up for you to meet with the, the team and get referred, yeah. then are they like are you in any kind of trouble? Like, because they're obviously going to be able to tell, right? That you yeah, yeah. Like overall, they can't do anything. It depends a lot about where to what which team you go to. Some team are more like conservative, uh, and some are like more open. So those that are more like open, they will like okay. I see you have like already started we will send you to like and and the chrono to a a doctor so he can like take it over and like help you with the testosterone and but those that are like more conservative they will be like okay you have started but you still need to wait this year for because before we can help you jerks i think also it's it depends also for some I think it's more like for the conservative teams, but if they like you more, if if you if you're like in this like uh, cookie dough uh, print perfectly, they like you more. They will help you easier to go through. But if you're like more, I guess non-binary or like they can't fit you like where you should be, mm-hmm. it's harder. It take it takes longer for you. That's really shitty. Um, what's the overall kind of social, like social, I don't know, vibe or consensus around you know being trans in Sweden? I mean, obviously, like all the countries, we all have like you know more conservative areas and more liberal areas. Yeah. O- overall, uh, in, in in the big cities, uh, it's kind of like respected. It's like okay of course there are like areas that are like not good and i still think it's still harder for a trans woman to be like themselves than a trans guy because we're just made in the crowd i guess it's like also maybe a bit harder for a non-binary person to be like accepted as a trans guy because it's more like they can't maybe fit you i think it's like in anywhere like sometimes it's it's like hard to put, put like understand non-binary yeah. people and trans women yeah it's it's hard i guess and also uh in sweden we have the more a, a conservative party that's like slowly taking over some say it's also more racist the politics it usually all goes hand in hand yeah of course with parties that are starting to be that big lgbt's like rights goes lower for example we have now i don't know if you have heard about like the this thing that happened in uh, england uh, in uk with one day like the person that like sued NS their NS 
NHS, they stopped like uh, giving uh, hormone treatments to kids. That has come to Sweden now also. So all st- uh, hormone blockers, uh, they have stopped giving to trans kids. And uh, so, yeah, it's like socially, it's kind of like accepted. But in some ways, we also see that it's some slowly going down hills. It feels like we need to like stop in some way to stop the ball rolling down on us. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that this trend continues. But, you know, we've all I'm American, but I have been in Canada for 15 years. So, you know, but even just sharing a border with the whole Trump thing was really gross. And Canada also has its fair share of very conservative, you know, politics and that conservatism is always like right on the fringe, just like, you know, trying to pounce and trying to take over and like, maybe it will. It's like, it's very dicey here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, all over the world, I guess it just tends to be the same stuff. I mean, the only liberal small town I think I've ever really, or small area I've ever been to is like Vermont, you know, parts of maybe Colorado or California, like stay quite liberal, even when you get out of the big cities. But but yeah, for the for the most part, that's the way it still is. I really hope I really hope that'll change in you know fifty plus years. But history just seems to keep repeating itself, no matter what. Yeah, we're. yeah. It's always like a one step forward, two steps back sort of situation. So let's talk about your film a bit. Yeah. Um, this woman, it was a woman, right? Uh, yeah, really? Jessica Nettelblatt. Okay. Her name is. So she's been following you for ten years. Yeah, so uh, I met her in high school, a, a teacher of mine, she she knew her, so she was like, my teacher and I, we were like very close uh, to each other, she knew that I was battling, I was kind of bullied all my years in school, I, I had kind of hard school, uh, home and uh, uh, nothing like dramatically uh, hard, but it was hard, and, and, and this was like, being trans and I was just in the beginning she uh, my teacher said like to Jessica that she knew me and she think that we would click a lot and uh, she think she thought she needed to make a movie about my my life she hooked us up and, and we it's called just so we don't forget to introduce it the film is called Prince of Dreams there's a really great trailer on YouTube that we'll put in the show notes yeah. And I watched the trailer this morning and I really, I mean, I don't want to blow it, but I guess anybody who's watching this video is already going to put this together. But I didn't realize that it kind of looked like it was following the path of two different trans people, two, two different trans guys. The trailer kind of seemed to me like, like the young trans guy was just, you know, like you said, starting out, obviously like a lot of pre official pre-transition footage. And then the older trans guy in the trailer almost seems like he's having a lot of regret and like a lot of struggle with his decision to transition. And I don't know if that's actually where the film goes, but it wasn't until we hopped on this call that I realized, okay, it's all about you. Like there's not two trans guys. It was just you before and you now. How has that journey gone for you? Like, is that... First of all, I've never regretted transitioning me transitioning from woman to male is it has always been 
right for me. Uh, yeah, but what I had struggled, of course, like all surgeries and therapy and all of that, it has been hard on me, obviously. But the, the, yeah, but had a lot of like, I don't know how to say, like dysphoria with my history, feeling like, say, remorse of not being born as male. And like, that has been a big part and trying to like learn how to cope with that. Uh, and I had also had like a lot of like other trauma in, in my childhood. When you're like, for example, when when one started like going on testosterone, uh, first of all, you like when you start, you're just starting, like, first of all, you like all, all it's all about like your how you look and how people see you and then you when you get testosterone and that starts to happen then you get a lot of like chest dysphoria and when you get like rid of your you have top surgeries often it goes down starts to see you need like have bottom surgeries and or when you come to a point at least it was for me when i come to a point in my transitioning that i was kind of finished I was kind of, I could see more clearly that I needed to start working on myself with all the traumas I've gone through, my childhood, being bullied. <laughs> I tried not to like spoil the movie, uh, yeah. and, but, but like, it was like needing to like process everything that I needed to go through to be finally happy. So it's a lot of, of, about that. So that, that sounds really great. Um, is the film finished? I think you said it's on tour, right? Yeah. So now we are like, we were in Copenhagen Docs Festival. And now I think it was two weeks ago, we were in Krakow Film Festival in Poland. And now we are in Moscow, uh, in Russia F Film Festival. That feels kind of big because when uh, side note when they said that we were entered to the film festival i was like kind of shocked knowing how the situation is in russia with lgbtq plus yeah. and they having us uh, like a trans man with all of what i've gone through they like saying we love your movie that kind of feels big yeah i think it is yeah and then we're like next week we're going uh, in india film festival and then we're hoping for some more festivals well i know some people that uh work the toronto queer film festival yeah maybe if you guys need an introduction just you know hit me up and maybe i can just connect you with some yeah. people yeah, um, I think our our queer film festival comes around in the spring. Yeah, here so you got you know it's, it's maybe the right time. They're probably just starting to plan after the last one just wrapped. Um, that would be cool if you could, because uh, I really like, want to like show the the movie like, and the movie also has a very. I, I myself believe in God, and it's so the 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 movie itself is very religious christian kind of movie it's like follows me when i go the santiago the compostela uh pilgrimage i know that like in, in us 
I don't know how it looks in Canada, but LGBT is not the, uh, accepted in, in, in US Christian. So I also hope that maybe it, it could like help kind of like turn an eye and give some maybe understanding in those uh, communities have uh has the religious community in sweden been accepting or do you need to seek out like in the u.s uh... no we, we in sweden like the christian uh, community is very like accepting we, they like they are going to like um with us in pride festivals and the, the movie are, are also, we are having the, actually the premiere in a big church also. So they, they are very accepting, Sweden. So that's also, uh, and I talked to some priests uh, in the movie also, trying to <laughs> uh, not spoil a lot, sure. but uh, I, I hope that again, that, that could like make some people's like at least if i just help one person change their mind like open their eyes to like to see differently that's at least one person and maybe that person can change another person uh, yeah you know i i was raised very uh evangelical christian yeah. you know i still stand by the fact that like you know based on my own I don't necessarily want to say experiences, but I was sort of forced to go to a Christian college for a couple of years. Uh, in my own research, I would say at that point in my life, it's like if you really stick to like the core tenets of Christianity, there's really no reason that they should be hating on us or hating on anybody. Like the core tenets of Christianity are accepting and loving and very positive. And there's really nothing to find fault with there, in my opinion, but it's just that it gets so tainted and twisted and manipulated for all these other purposes and all these other agendas, you know, it ends up becoming this big toxic soup, you yeah. know, in, in a lot of ways throughout the U.S. And I mean, you know, I still think that there are very positive I don't necessarily want i don't know like christian subcultures or something like that like there are like these lgbtq plus churches around the u.s um I, i've never noticed one in canada but they're probably here and then you know you have your more alternative religions that are a little bit more i don't know just lefty in mm. general um it kind of sounds like you're referring to more like catholicism or episcopalian is that true no we are uh when you say priest that's very Catholic. By yeah, Catholic well, I have uh, some Catholic priests and, and nuns, but the people that are interviewed are Catholic. Mm -hmm. But the church that I'm, my, I am in, and that are also like the biggest in Sweden. Like, uh, I think it's like the the Swedish version of evangelical. I think it's evangelical are biggest in U.S. I guess. Yeah, sort of. I mean, there's a lot sort of. of. Uh, yeah, in Sweden, it's like the Swedish Church, and we are Protestantic. Yeah. No. Protestant. Yeah, and they are like very open. Well, uh, it sounds like they are practicing Protestantism to me in its appropriate form. And yeah. Sadly, in North America, that just rarely happens. Yeah, because like in Sweden, like for example, a, a Protestant like priest, they 
can be a woman or or a man uh, and they can also be lesbians open lesbians or gay uh, they can also be like transgender openly and uh, that's totally okay but of course like the swedish church is not like the same overall in the whole sweden if you go to like these, these smaller smaller cities or villages and there even though they stand like the swedish church they some can be like they're like their own little bubble and and, and practice their the, the faith in the own bubble uh, yeah it's not a perfect so, franchise yeah so of course we have like had like uh, uh, <laughs> news that like the the some priest like does this uh, convert therapy uh, on on lgbt's and uh, like uh, scandals and stuff uh, it's not like a perfect match in sweden also but in the bigger cities they are all open uh, and like practice overall are opened and then if some smaller church does it their own way it's it's kind of on them it's not like what swedish church says that they should do it's like more well, you you're not doing as we say you should do <laughs> like yeah. i hope you understand yeah no i do um you know what i what i what, what was a key factor in my christian college experience was learning that you know we had to learn what a lot of the core bible messages meant in their original language when you stop reading it in english and you start reading it in greek and aramaic the meaning is fundamentally different and you can start to understand the critical decisions that the translators were making uh, to try to convert this very complicated language that has many more meanings and words and things like that than English into English and how it just, you know, can take a story or a message that means one thing and turns it into something completely different. In my experience in North American religion and churches, like, there's just way too little focus on that original language and those original meanings. Even, even if somebody is going to ignore all that though, I still think there's enough clear messaging in the Christian religion that, um, you know, that, I don't know if you really, if you want to say like God and Jesus are saying like, you know, don't be a jerk, like be loving, like stand up for these principles, like all of these great things, but then it's backed up so much more deeply when you go to the original translation too. Like so many of the verses that the conservative uh, politicians and the churches fall back on as an excuse to hate LGBT or to hate, you know, different races or whatever, they don't actually mean what they think it means at all in the original translation. And so this was just such a, such a big eye opener for me. I mean, not that I needed to be convinced to not hate people because I wasn't on that track myself anyway, yeah. but but uh it was just like wow this religion really is not what most people think it is and yeah. most people are approaching in a very lazy way um i'm wondering you know we should wrap up soon but i'm wondering um you know if the religion in the big cities is much more open-minded what is the sort of backbone of your conservative party because in north america the the conservative party is so intermeshed with these 
religious organizations. It's like they're both combined to sort of drag down the agenda of anybody who's not, you know, straight and white. I'm wondering if if that relationship isn't as strong in Sweden, like what's really driving the conservative party towards bigotry? Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, I would say racism. Just, race, like, just for the sake of it, eh? Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like basically, uh, because in Sweden we have like we, we we don't have like just two parties. We have like a lot of parties. I'm not that into politi- politics. Okay. Okay. I think so. I may be wrong, but I think we have like eight or nine major parties. Oh. Uh, I may That's be great. wrong, but kind of. Uh, and then we have like even smaller polit- uh, parties like if they're just going for like regional uh, or like for the cities and yeah. so on so we have a christian party that like are very christian driven but if we look at like all of the parties together they are very small so and we have now three usually we have two did have two bigger like big big parties that but now we have kind of three and then it, it's like the red is more like social and uh, blue is more like conservative and now we have like a third one that is kind of blue also and they're like more racist so now we're like parties because we are we are now three so now the parties start, are starting need to like and combine teams together um to get their like politics through and stuff they've kind of always done that but now it's like more harder uh, so obviously before like a couple of years or earlier everyone was like no we don't like to team up with the racist party now they're like the 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 for example the christian ones they like yeah kind of we can we can well party up with them i guess <laughs> and and the the conservative world is kind of the same they're like yeah we can we can listen to them i guess so because they are the, the racist party uh, they are growing so because they are growing the politics feel that they need to like in some way they can't just ignore them right. more they they so i guess the blue the, the more conservative are starting to uh, team up with them also so yeah so right. but the, the racist party that they, they don't they don't the, the christian they're not like together that much they're they just conservative but there's no religion in it all right well that's interesting just because yeah in in north america's history it's just their righteous their self-righteousness uh, around being jerks has just yeah. always been you know this this biblical religious excuse and it's interesting yeah. to think of these politicians having these like terrible views and yeah. <laughs> not holding that up as an excuse but anyway um it's been super awesome chatting yeah. with you and learning about Sweden and how things work over there. And the trailer to the film looks really awesome. I would love to, yeah, like I said, connect you. So we'll chat offline. Yeah. We'll talk about that. And, um, you know, I'd love to see it myself, of course, too. So that's, yeah. Uh, do that, so, so the 
20th of August, okay. uh, the film will be released uh, on a site called Tree Art. Well, yeah, send me that link. We'll put it in the show description. And yeah, I think that's it for now, but we'll stay in touch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. Yes, you as well. Okay. Very much. Bye. Bye.